3: Adam, are you recording? Yeah,
4: I am recording. You're high, Bonnie.
3: I know. <laughs> I'm so stoned.
4: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. It's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, table for two, please. With theaters still closed, Paula continues her search for another job. Could she handle the rigors of being a restaurant hostess? Can she deal with the flood of customers who all want the window seat in a joint that during the pandemic only has one window seat? Tracy Willett was in the New York City restaurant business for over a dozen years. She's here to give Paula the menu of skills she needs to work the front of the house. Plus, Ireland, Tony Hull and Bonnie Burns, God help us, give us the lowdown on the Emerald Isle, a country which is littered with men named Thomas Coyne. I'm Adam Felber, the man who every week tries to guide our conversational seating to a rational order by placing the unsavory topics by the metaphorical kitchen door and letting the handsome discussion sit in our front window. And now, please welcome the woman who never has a seating chart and greets our guests with a poo-poo platter of topical digression. That'd be Paula Poundstone. Hey, you
0: guys. Paula oh. uh, Poundstone. It's so nice to be with all of you. I, I First, uh, I want to thank tonight's house band, Nobody Zach Ford, on the piano, coming to us from Washington, D.C. Um, so thank you. thank you, Zach. Thank you, Sounds Zach. Stacked. Fabulous. Um, I, I think it's important that the listeners um, have a little backstory here, which is that uh, Bonnie Burns has <laughs> had a, uh, like a, I think procedure. it's like, a, she's had a, like an infection uh, in a tooth or some, some bad dental problem that's very it's painful. It's an abscess. It's Thank you. An it's abscess. an abscess. And okay, so they gave, goes. they told her to alternate. What was it? Tylenol with Advil? Was that it?
4: Yeah, something like they that. They
3: said, they said, take. I'm so stoned, I can't even. But say my the point words. to you is, you cannot be stoned from Tylenol
0: and Advil. So she's yeah, psychosomatically can. stoned. No, you can't.
4: Tony, no, you Google get, it.
0: No, you don't get stoned from that. But
4: yes. You can take I'm enough v- to get to get pretty high.
0: No, and Bonnie can't. has
4: taken no, Bonnie has ridiculous. taken too much. We've established that.
0: Yeah. No, she was like that already. So my uh <laughs> you know, when somebody that you know and love is in pain and you feel helpless and, and so I was trying to think, you know, what I could do uh for Bonnie and the and the truth is not a lot. Um but uh <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> I did find um, this little um, piece in a, in a newspaper. Um, a Massachusetts man who fell asleep while listening to tunes with his earbuds couldn't down a sip of water the morning after. An X-ray taken at a local hospital revealed the man had accidentally swallowed one of the wireless plastic earbuds and it became lodged in his lower <laughs> esophagus. I just wanted to put that out there because, as many of you know, Bonnie had at one point had a plastic cover from an earbud stuck in her ear for, I think it was a month, and she didn't know it was there. At
5: least a
0: And instead, she just had, like, a terrible headache and a bad earache, and finally she went to the doctor, and he just pulled out, like, all—it was like a clown car of things that she had lost— were yeah. stuck in her ear. But the thing on the surface was the the plastic the, earbud. The silicone cover.
4: tip of the earbud, yeah.
0: Exactly. So I just would like to make tonight's episode, I would really like to make the theme of vindicating Bonnie. Right. She's not the only one. That kind of thing can happen. Uh you know, I wanna I wanna make this a comfort food episode for Bonnie. Okay.
4: Uh, Captain, okay. This is already fated to be a very special episode because we've got Captain Crinkle intoxicated on non-intoxicating drugs. Exactly. And meanwhile, you are without your, Paula Poundstone, you're without your assistant Wendell for the first time since we started doing these quarantine broadcasts. So you, you yeah, are I accompanied have, I, by two dogs right next to you, right?
0: Right. Usually, unbeknownst to the listener, uh, my assistant Wendell is with me and he has the job, among other things, of letting the dogs in and out so that they don't bother the neighbors barking and so that they don't make too much noise in my room. But now, in fact, I'm looking over at my dog, Mo, who has a party hat with a chin strap and a noisemaker in her mouth. So I don't think it's going to go all that
4: well. But, well, uh, I just want to say that that my job on this podcast is not easy in the best of times, and this is not the best of times tonight. No,
5: no.
0: It's going to be very, very it's difficult. It's going to be a challenge.
4: Yeah. Um, but um, but before we move on, uh, Paula, we're about to get to our book club, our Moby Dick book club meeting. Um, yeah. But I have some amazing news for you. What's that? You know our friend Kevin Kelso, friend of the show. He wrote those great theme song stuffs, and, and he's been our house band. Yeah. Um, he's written a theme song for our book club.
0: Oh perfect.
4: Oh yeah. Take a take a listen to this because it's pretty special. Landromo, tee it up.
6: Call me Adam Felber. Please listen and take heed. I am the sole survivor of a book club that set out to read. Moby-Dick, Moby-Dick Our captain, Paula Poundstone, picked out this weighty tome She swore we had to read it before she'd let us sail for home Moby-Dick, Moby-Dick The section about whaling was a whole new kind of doll. It shattered into splinters. Our ships, Tony Anita Hall. Then Bonnie <laughs> Burns said, "Paula, look at me. I'm the captain now." Then Paula cried, "That's mutiny, Moby Dick, Moby Dick." The last thing I remember before I washed ashore. Ken Lezebnik screaming and bashing someone with an oar
5: <laughs>
6: My name is Adam Felber Now you've heard my tragic tale Of how we came to ruin When <laughs> our book club chased that great white whale Moby Dick Moby Dick
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? I'm just going to
4: say, I feel seen by Kevin Kelso. Like, we are really (laughs) embarking on, uh, you know, a real challenging literary task here, and Kevin appreciates what we're doing, and I think that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kevin, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. And, you know, I do, I feel a little, I feel a little puffed up by it, you know? Like, you're right. Like, it's a, it's a mission, Uh. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah. I, I, and I, I'm a big advocate of reading. You, you know, we started to read Moby Dick, as you know. Tony Anita Hall tried to jump ship any number of times, and right,
4: uh, <laughs> we've kept her on the steady.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've insisted that we stay the course. Uh, okay,
4: well, let me call this meeting to order. Here we go. I hereby call our meeting of the Moby Dick book club to order. Paula Poundstone, you were you were talking, please. Um.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yes. Thank you. Uh. I. Uh, I reclaim my time.
4: Um. <laughs> <laughs> reclaiming my time.
0: Yeah. Rec- reclaiming my time. Uh. I'm really enjoying reading Moby Dick. It's um very deep, and I'm as you know a deep person. And yes. so But tell us what your
4: experience specifically of chapters, I think it was 35 to 39 that we were doing this week.
0: As you know, I'm a very deep person.
4: And yes.
0: <laughs> well. Yeah. You you go first. Go ahead, you go first. Me? Yeah.
4: Um. <laughs> all right. Full disclosure, and this is hard for me, but um, I have to confess that last week, Tony Anita Hall mentioned she'd rather read Cosmo magazine than Moby Dick. And so I ended up picking up an issue of Cosmo and reading that instead of Moby Dick. You didn't. I, I did. <laughs> I read Cosmo this week.
0: You shallow. I can't believe that. That Okay. It, well, it, it, here we're just talking about having a mission, the importance of the club and steady as she goes.
4: And you're reading Cosmo? All right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. Well, let's let's have let's go to Bonnie Burns. Bonnie Burns, tell us about chapters thirty four to thirty nine or whatever it was, because you, because I didn't read them. I read Cosmo.
3: Okay. Well, I have to say, I I'm really I've really gotten into Moby Dick. It's a really gripping story. But when Tony started talking about Cosmo, oh wait a minute, it, it's it's embarrassing <laughs> to admit this. But I stopped at the Seven Eleven, and you know, I almost felt like, like, okay, I was embarrassed to be seen buying Cosmo because, yeah, I've been pretty successful in my career.
4: And the idea. So, somebody, did you not read Moby Cosmo, Dick this week, and instead read Cosmo? I did,
3: and so I'm thinking, if you guys don't mind, I could share like something I read in Cosmo. Uh, but before, sure, go before ahead. we
4: before we resort to that, let's go back to Paula. Clearly, I know, I know Tony didn't read Moby Dick. Why don't you tell us about <laughs> chapters thirty four through thirty nine of Moby Dick?
0: Well, there is something I have to tell you. <laughs> I
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: after Tony talked about Cosmo,
5: yeah. I... <laughs>
0: I went out to buy one, but I found another uh, magazine uh, with the title Secrets to a Clean Home, and I bought that instead. <laughs> <laughs> so you but didn't I'll even, tell you why. You didn't even,
4: yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> I know, because right on the cover it says make your spaces sparkle in 10 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour. Wow. Cleaning hacks that truly work. Who, who could? All right, look it. There's a section called Now What? Find smart fixes for life's little disasters. Um, And here it is. Moths have invaded my dresser. The fix. Well, by the way, I don't even own a dresser, so that's one way of handling that. The, The fix. Take everything out of your dresser and then use a vacuum to remove any visible moths. I would have known that without this fucking magazine. Yeah, anything that looks like a moth. This is like a rich person's magazine, by the way. Um, yeah. Any, any, anything that looks like a moth in your dresser, you want to get that out of there. You don't even have. What is this magazine? Was it like ten bucks or something? You don't even have to pay me. That's a freebie. You got a moth in your dresser? Take it out. Yeah. Wait, so I, you didn't.
4: You didn't read Moby Dick, and you didn't pick up an issue of Cosmo. Then
0: wipe down your dresser inside and out with a damp cloth to remove oh any difficult-to-see larvae <laughs> or eggs. Well, the other thing you All might right. want to do is order, stop playing order. that sex. Then don't play the moth sex music. That's a good idea. And then they won't be leaving larvae in your—that's a good idea.
4: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. Does, yeah. does anyone here, else this, hear— This is the
0: opposite of Cosmo, Adam. Uh, on page 10— one of the secrets yeah. to a clean home is um, don't fuck.
4: Oh, yeah, that is not very true about Cosmo, but it's it's, it's not even that good advice, but okay. Yeah, no, it's part um, of the way you
0: keep your house clean is you, you focus on the important stuff. Get the hell out of bed and get going. That's one of the it's,
4: things. Does anybody else have, uh, <laughs> for want of anything else, Cosmo? Bonnie, share us your thoughts on oh. this month's Cosmo.
3: Okay, well, all right. So I went to a column that they have called Dieter's Notebook. And they had a couple of tips in there, you know, to lose weight. And one of them was the one bowl diet. And the one bowl could, diet? Yeah, the one bowl diet. And you could eat whatever you wanted as long as it fit in one bowl.
4: Like you pick a bowl. <laughs> How big is the ball, Bonnie?
3: <laughs> they didn't say. They just said, well, oh there's, the, there's, <laughs> there's the catch. Yeah. They just said, you can eat whatever you want as long as it fits in one bowl.
4: <laughs> so, uh, so are you trying that?
3: No, then they had another tip. They had another tip. And that was about, you know, like, A lot of people go off their diets when they go to restaurants because they don't have the nerve to like specify what they really need to stay on their diet. So their suggestion was like, say, you know, for dinner, you're supposed to eat like a three and a half ounce hamburger patty. So their suggestion was you get a postal scale, you bring it with you. When your meal oh, comes, Jesus. you take the, you know, like piece of hamburger, you weigh it on the postal scale. So, you know, you're getting what you need to stay on your diet. And their point was, don't be afraid to get what you need. Take care of yourself. Okay. That is That's some a- of the
0: worst advice I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. What's more I important? I wouldn't bring a postal scale. I would just bring like a big scale. And I would say <laughs> to the waiter, I'd say, okay, hold that plate and then step on this scale. And and then and then I'd say, okay, now put the plate down and step on the scale again. And can you do that subtraction so I can know how much <laughs> that food weighed?
4: Th- that's how you that weigh pets. That is pet. absurd.
0: That is so <laughs> absurd! Telling somebody to bring a fucking scale into a restaurant.
4: That's... Well, that's yep, ridiculous. I, ha- I have point. to agree with you. Um, um, let me let me let me ask you something, Bonnie. I I read this month's Cosmo cover to cover. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see anything about the one bowl diet. You didn't? No.
3: Well, maybe I had. You know, I got it at Seven Eleven. They don't. You know how like the issues come out? Like maybe it's oh. the March issue. You're still in February. Maybe we had right. I had the February issue. No, oh, that might no, be it because
4: I, I read the March no, issue. No, no,
0: no. That's not what it is. Um, s- the Seven Eleven edition has more stuff.
4: <laughs> more stuff about food. <laughs> yeah, um, and this, more this, stuff, this, and, and More stuff about how it's okay to eat anything you want.
3: Yeah, as long as it comes in one bowl. Yeah, yeah. The
0: Seven Eleven edition usually says a lot of stuff about eating Kraft macaroni and cheese, donuts, uh, (laughs) uh, hot dogs, and slurpees, and that that's very seductive to your man.
4: (laughs) Uh, Tony, need a hole. What are your impressions of what I'm guessing was a Cosmo issue this week?
1: How did you know it was a coffee? Cosmo issue you know me so well um so you know I was reading our horoscopes and I felt like all of them were very accurate
5: oh
0: really for
1: everyone on this call yes um so Paula you are a Capricorn right yeah so it says you're busting your ass to stay on top of your to-do list Cappy and TBH you're starting to feel very over it. Luckily, Aries season is like a month long vacay for your sign.
0: Oh, so when I'm so wait. So I'm wait, when vacay. does my vacay start? Because I'm not feeling the vacay. I'm not feeling the vacay on the horizon here. I am busting my ass. You are busting your ass. But it's it's been almost it's been at least I don't know. 30 years of busting my ass, 35
4: well, years of 21st, my ass. Well, on March 21st, that all changes, Paula Poundstone.
0: Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. A- thanks
1: to Aries. Thanks uh, to Aries. But wait, Tony,
0: so, I just want to share with you one thing. Don't let wine spills on the tablecloth or grass stains on your child's <laughs> pants worry you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, boy, that is a privileged life. That that's what's worrying you, you you know, the tablecloth stains yeah, no and and the grass stains on my kids' pants. I'll tell you, at this point in our world, what one wouldn't give for a kid to have grass stains <laughs> on their pants. That's right, honey. Go outside. It's true, uh, uh. honey. Get up and go outside. Go play outside for a little while. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> It's a dream come come true. Grass stains on your child's pants. Uh, all right, go ahead, Tony. So, who else's is, um is horoscope do you have?
1: Um, Bonnie, are you a Gemini?
0: I
3: am.
1: So your nine to five is feeling like a twenty five eight, but you can thank Mars in your sign for giving you the stamina to get shit done. And also for seriously revving your sex drive.
4: Whoa! Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I think it's. I think it's been noted by most listeners of this show that Bonnie's been kind of um, uh, on the Randy side over the last month or two. Maybe that's her her, her horoscope that, that did it.
0: Yeah. What, Bonnie? What happened to your tooth again? It's a a what?
3: Oh, do I have to repeat it? It's gross. An it abscess.
1: No, abscess. Oh, thank you, yeah. Tony Anita. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's what I
3: meant. Abscess. Boy,
0: you know, <laughs> nothing turns—and you'll find this in the in the dark section of um, Cosmo. Nothing turns a woman on like a tooth abscess. <laughs> That's—I <laughs> mean, yeah. I don't even read Cosmo, and I knew that. <laughs>
4: Yeah. But, wow. I, you know, let me, um, let
0: me let me just tell you something that I think you guys don't know. Oil-based stains require immediate
4: attention. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Tony, anything <laughs> else or does that cover us? What about um, Adam? Adam.
1: I didn't read your horoscope yet. Okay. You're a cancer, right, Adam?
4: I am indeed. I
3: knew it.
1: I knew, it. <laughs> I knew um, it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You have big dreams, Cancer, but you're feeling stuck in your shell. Tip, it's okay to take things slow. Work toward your goal steadily, and you'll grow along the way.
4: <laughs> oh, Yeah, that doesn't feel like been. me at all, does it? <laughs> Adam?
0: No, it does. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, you have been growing. I've noticed it. You guys, H- have you noticed? In my shell? T- Adam's been growing.
3: Um... Yeah. I've noticed it. Absolutely.
4: Are you saying yeah, I'm um, fat?
3: No. <laughs> no. It oh no, like I'm it. not talking
0: about like that. No, I'm talking about, you know, as a human being, really, you know, really developing
4: um Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah, it's awful nice of you.
0: Yeah, I've noticed it. I you know, I don't know if anybody else has noticed it, but I've noticed it.
3: Your involvement it's yeah. very impressive. Your evolvement is very impressive. Oh my,
0: my evolution. Gosh. It's yeah, his evolution, yeah. exactly. I don't think it's involvement.
4: Yeah. Um, no. It's, yeah. <laughs> You're so high, Bonnie. Um she's okay. not uh,
0: high. You can't get high from <laughs> Advil.
4: <laughs> tell me tell me that you've looked this up already, Tony.
5: Um, I'm
1: looking it up now. You okay. can't. While
4: you're looking it, it up, I want to report on my experience of Cosmo. And I was surprised because we've made fun of Tony for, uh, for 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 her Cosmo readership. And I hadn't looked at Cosmo in many, many years. And it is not bad in the way that it used to be. It's bad in an entirely new way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Adam. For one, it's like it's
4: it's only like 90 pages now. And this is going to disappoint uh, Bonnie and, and Paula to some degree. All of the cliched sex stuff is basically gone. You know, all that how to please your man, wrap yourself in cellophane and, you know, uh, cover yourself in whipped cream before he comes home stuff. And all the, the Cosmo Advisor and all that stuff that's gone.
0: Well, you know, you you could pencil it in and leave it for Jeannie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hide this one. I happen to get a hold this month. It's the acne issue, so it's a lot of articles about acne, and a lot of a lot of their articles are like just lists. They're little listicles, and it it's all written like tweets, and it's all about people's Instagram feeds.
0: Oh my God, that's just who. We, that's just how pathetic yeah. we've we've become.
4: Um, but yeah. there is a guide, a tourist guide to the prostate.
0: <laughs> a tourist guide to the prostate, yeah.
4: Yeah, that's yeah. the only uh, really like old school, you'd expect to see that in Cosmo in the 80s kind of thing that's going on there. Um, I'm going to encourage <laughs> all you women out there who get Cosmo to not read that article. <laughs>
1: Too late, Adam. Too
4: late. Because <laughs> it's, well, uh, it's, it's not like the information isn't good. It, it just seems to be a little too excited to encourage women to explore their man's prostate.
1: I didn't even know about prostate milking until now.
4: You see, I don't want you to know about that, Tony. <laughs> I you would say wait 80 minute, to 90% Tony's... of men don't want you to know about prostate <laughs> milking.
0: Tony, you didn't know about <laughs> prostate milking? No. Well, that's because you weren't raised on a farm.
4: No, that's a different kind of <laughs> milking, Paula.
0: Oh, what are you kidding? No, it's a great alternative to dairy.
4: Um,
5: oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's I just
4: threw just up in my
5: mouth already.
1: Maybe
4: the dip- worst thing I've ever heard.
5: Oh my God.
0: I just I just want to say that one thing that I would advise everyone to do is Drop three denture tablets into the toilet bowl. Let them sit for about 30 minutes. The non-abrasive chemicals lift away stains and kill bacteria without damaging the porcelain. It's just something I like to do.
4: <laughs> you know, there, there, was one, uh, there was one piece that tells you how to get rid of the invisible files on your iPhone, and I thought that was very useful. Um...
0: <laughs> the invisible files?
4: The, the, your, that? your iPhone fills up with invisible files over time. And there's a way to clear them out. And this article does I don't uh, the know what the invisible file is. Um, <laughs> it's when you go to your settings and you try to see what what's taking up space on your iPhone. There's a whole area that's literally a gray area on the bar graph that just says other. Hmm. There's a way to get rid of I, all
0: those. I never
3: heard so of that. So it's so it's like practical usage things.
4: I don't him. know. I, I don't even, I don't get the identity of Cosmo. Tony, what is Cosmo nowadays? <laughs> what is Cosmo to you?
6: Tony, how
1: has it?
0: it helped
4: you?
1: <laughs> it's just something that's like mindless and stupid to read because it is mainly listicles and it's written at probably a, a third grade level. So um, if anyone's, Wondering which reality show I'd truly thrive on, it would be The Great British Baking Show. Hmm. <laughs> <It's just> weird. <laughs> okay, I guess that's the end of this segment due to the silence.
4: And with that, I am calling this week's Moby Dick Book Club to a close. And, um, Paula, <laughs> do you have a word for us?
0: I think I do. Hold on. Um... <laughs> I, I do, but I, I think even more importantly, um, when you buy a caddy for your cleaning products, um, yeah. the kind that has compartments in it is more efficient than just the big open caddy. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so what's your word?
0: Um... I have a word, Adam. It's ultra-crepidarian. It's such a great word. Ultra-crepidarian. Okay. It's an adjective that means expressing opinions on matters outside the scope of one's knowledge or expertise. It's also a noun um, that means a person who expresses opinions on matters outside the scope of their knowledge or expertise. Here, I'll I'll use it in in a sentence. I don't mean to be ultra-crepidarian here, but I wouldn't worry about that pain in your chest. Isn't it a great word?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's a good word.
0: Yeah. I want want to thank uh, Susie Dent from uh, Twitter for bringing it to my attention. And let's just put it right in my vocabulary song. Um, Let's see. This week's word is ultra-crepidarian. It's an adjective that means expressing opinions on matters outside the scope of one's knowledge or expertise. It's also a noun that means someone you'd describe as ultra-crepidarian. 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 I think it's safe to eat that uncooked carrion. Last week's word was insensate. It's an adjective that means... Lacking sympathy or compassion, unfeeling. Get up and do all my chores even though you're still healing. The week before that, the word was assiduous. (laughs) It's an adjective that means showing or done with thoroughness and great care. Like how I carefully backcomb my hair. Going back before that, the word was lubber. It's a noun that means a heavy, clumsy, stupid person. Once you've called a friend that, your relationship may worsen. And not long ago we had ubiquitous. It's an adjective that means present, appearing or found everywhere. So many men are growing facial hair. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Harder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do.
5: <phone rings> woo! Oh, oh
0: my woo! gosh! All right,
4: we left it all
0: on the field there. Bravo, bravo. Ultra crepidarian.
4: Well, I felt a tingling feeling as a result of that one, Paula Poundstone. That was fantastic.
0: Well, it's the greatest word, ultra crepidarian.
4: It really is. I've never come across it before, I don't think. I have not either. And I'm the kind of person who would, you know, sometimes be accused of possessing that quality. So (laughs) I'm very surprised that I'm, A, surprised I didn't know it. And B, surprised that I didn't pretend to know it just now. So (laughs) there you go.
0: I'm surprised that somebody didn't write it on the dirt on the side of your car, for God's sakes.
4: (laughs) Coming up, George S. Kaufman said, epitaph for a dead waiter. God finally caught his eye. We'll learn how to catch the eye of a restaurant waiter or hostess. That's next on Nobody Listens to Paula Boundstone.
3: Lose a leg, (laughs) lose a leg, lose a (laughs) leg.
4: God damn it, Bonnie. (laughs)
0: On this day in unremarkable history, Bathsheba's father, Eliam, said, What do you think about the name Penny?
4: (laughs) (laughs) And here we are back to this very special edition of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Um, Paula! Uh, as you might have noticed, I don't know if you did, but all performance venues, including theaters, are closed right now. And I am yep. being told, this just in, that this is making things kind of tough for comedians.
0: Yep. I, you know, I I do the thing where I walk up and down the street with a, 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 a puppet theater uh, uh, with my head through the curtain of a puppet theater, and I tell jokes that way, but it doesn't seem to it's be paying the, the bills. Yeah. No,
4: doesn't doesn't seem to be. So, would you say you're looking for a new job?
0: I am looking for a new job, Adam. I I, uh-huh. I want a job that's that pays money, but is satisfying. I, I like I like people. I'd like to be with people.
4: Um, are, are you, Is there something that you thought to yourself the other day?
0: <laughs> you know, Adam, it's a huge problem. <laughs> that's how I make my living. So I'm looking for a new job. And the other day, I thought. Restaurants are opening up again. Maybe I could be a hostess for a New York City restaurant.
4: Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, uh, you've worked in restaurants before. I know you worked in a pancake house, and I know you were a dishwasher.
0: I've Yeah, I've done multiple restaurant jobs. I've worked in two different pancake house chains. Uh, plus, I used to serve my kids frozen waffles. So I've really kept my hand in the world of pancakes.
4: <laughs> but have you ever been a hostess?
0: I was a hostess at Bickford's Pancake House on Speen Street in Natick in 19, okay, 1976,
4: 77. I'd, I'd imagine that that might be a little bit different than being a hostess at like a schmancy New York City restaurant or something.
0: Well, I'm not sure why you would know, Adam, Mr. Ultra Crepidarian. I'm not sure why you would know that. <laughs>
4: Well, I, I wasn't trying to be ultra crepidarian so much as introduce our guest.
0: Oh, go ahead, introduce our guest. Because
4: <laughs> well, fortunately, we have. If you just said Adam, I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I could learn something from a New York hostess. Then I'd be able to just kind of go into the intro.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, Adam. Maybe I could <laughs> learn something about being a, a New York City restaurant hostess.
4: Well, fortunately, Paula, we have a veteran New York City restaurant hostess here on the line. Maybe she can help you see if it's if you'd be up for the job. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about a train engineer? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore a career as a restaurant hostess here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the stressful high-stakes world of restaurant hostessing is Tracy Willett she was a New York City restaurant hostess for 12 years please welcome the aforementioned Tracy Willett Tracy, Tracy,
0: Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. thank you thank you i'm so glad you're here as you heard Tracy my background in hostessing is not what would what would set me up for uh working in the high stakes world of New York City um uh uh restaurant hostessing.
2: Oh I think I think with your sense of humor and and your personality you'd be set up no problem. The pancake house experience is you can walk right in.
0: <laughs> oh, really? You think yes. okay, good. It dovetails <laughs> nicely. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Um Tell me what your job was specifically. Tell me what tasks you did as a hostess. Let's start there.
2: Okay. Um, well, when I first started, I there's pretty much three pieces to a restaurant host. There's a a runner, which is the person who is just walking the guests to the tables. You pull out the chairs. You make sure uh, if they have kids, they have a high chair coloring pages and crayons, you're just getting them set up at the table and making sure they feel welcome. There's the prep position. And this is the host who really manages people who are on the wait list. Um, Uh. If it's a really schmancy restaurant, you're going to have a huge crowd going out the door waiting to get a table and you go into the bar and really you're basically prepping people, letting them know how much time until their table's ready to settle up at the bar if they're almost ready. And then you have the deck host, which is like the maitre d'. Um, This is the person that's really dealing with all the stress. They typically have um, a headset in their ear and you have managers telling you, you know, five more minutes until this table finishes and um, so get the next get the next table ready. You have bossers telling you the table set and ready. Get them down. Get them down. And were um, your
4: restaurants schmancy or fancy or fancy schmancy?
2: They were they were fancy schmancy. Yes. Oh, Do you wow. want to name
4: them? Can you name them? Which, which fancy schmancy no, restaurants? I
2: can't. I can't name them.
4: <laughs> oh, are you still in the business?
2: I'm not in the business, but I. But I mean, I made my living. Doing that, I would feel awful if I yeah. if I said I, something to throw him under the bus. <laughs> you, it's
0: yeah, not like I think, you were CIA. You were no, in the restaurant business. I think she's making. I think she's making the right decision. <laughs> I do. Uh, really? Right, wait, so okay. Yeah, because we want to ask her questions like this. Like, okay, Tracy, did you seat attractive people in the most <laughs> visible spots?
2: Yes. Okay. That was like. It's so, it's so bad. But yes, it was called, they actually have a word for it. It's called merchandising. Oh. And and it really is like we were trained to, you know, there's certain spots in the restaurant that are right by the window. And when people are walking by, we want them to see these glamorous people sitting there. Uh, So yes, we, yeah. We did have to do that, and obviously, it's pretty subjective. When, when you're the host, you can have a little fun with it, making that call and <laughs> take a risk to see if, if your manager will call you out for that or not. But
0: oh, so you would, you would, you would, you would choose people that you found <laughs> more like, um, you know, unique,
6: uh, yes. in
0: their look, and see if, uh huh, yeah, I see
4: yeah, what you're saying. at
2: times, yeah. Yeah,
4: sure. But you would never be like seating a a shoeless hobo with a bindle sack in the window. (laughs) Uh,
2: Oh, I would like to say yes, absolutely, but no, I wouldn't. Okay. okay. Interesting.
4: Interesting. Just wanted to know.
2: Okay. All right. Let me ask you this If before everyone knew
0: who Lady Gaga was, and Uh she came in and she was wearing that meat dress, Would you have seated her up front or not? (laughs) This is before people knew who she was.
2: Oh, man. Um, I I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. But there is something to be said about New York and trendy. If you're unique, it's going to catch attention. It's going to grab people's attention. It may be, but probably not the meat dress. (laughs) Yeah, I think the meat dress was just a bad call on her part.
4: Exactly. It might be a little too unique even for New York. And by the way, try to say unique New York three times fast.
0: It can't be done. It cannot (laughs) be done.
4: It cannot be done.
0: Tracy, how do I go about getting a New York City hostess job? Is it who you know? Please tell me I don't have to fill out an online application.
2: (laughs) 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 You do not. I I would not say you'd have to fill out an online application. It's really... uh, if. If you have a friend who works in the restaurant, a lot of people get jobs by their friend referring them, who already works there. Or I would say timing. Like if you are looking for a host job and you happen to walk in, there's there's a lot of turnover in, in the restaurants. And if you happen to walk in right at the moment where they are just desperate for a host, <laughs> It might be perfect timing. I, then you I get mean, the job I, right
0: then. Yes. What if you go in and you just bug the <laughs> shit out of the host until they just throw down the the waiting list and go fuck it, I quit. And then you and then you
4: go to the manager.
0: Right? You just step was, right into the yeah, role, <laughs> looking for a job uh,
4: uh, hostessing. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to brag, Paula But I, I got involved in. I have to back Tracy up here I got involved in the high-stakes world of Manhattan Sunglass sales And it was the exact same thing A friend a friend of a friend of mine Was leaving her position At the South Street Seaport Sunglass Hut And recommended me for the job In yeah. no time, I was an ultra-successful Sunglass retailer
0: Perfect <laughs> yeah. Perfect Yeah, uh,
4: just like Throw that in there.
0: So you just you just stepped in and you already knew all about it
4: I had to learn I had to cram
0: uh, I was gonna say I because I wonder if that ultra crepidarian thing would play against you
4: in no, the world. no in, in the world of sunglass sales where half the things you're saying aren't true anyway uh it's very helpful
0: huh oh I didn't I didn't know they lied to you in the uh, sunglasses yeah. all right all right so are there <laughs> Um, Tracy, Adam, I hope you don't mind if we step away from sunglasses for a minute and talk to Tracy about hostessing and I'm a not New totally York comfortable with city. it, but
4: uh, I'll I'll let this plan see where it goes.
0: <laughs> I hope I'm not out of bounds here in any way. Tracy, is there anything you Tracy, is there anything you want to say about sunglasses to appease Adam?
4: Thank you.
2: I would I would just say that I can imagine that'd be a tough, a tough job trying to get people to buy sunglasses. <laughs>
4: Really? It's, it's really not, Tracy. I think you're no. underestimating how tough your job was cuz it's, yeah. it's really really easy. There's there's always a sun.
0: It's easy to get people to buy sunglasses because they sit on them, drop them, lose them, and scratch them. So they're constantly buying sunglasses. What are you, kidding me? Um, uh, And Adam used to give this little cloth that had sand on it and say, use this for cleaning. And so people were constantly buying sunglasses. Oh, yeah. They
4: were scratching Um, things up. All
0: right. Tracy... Are there regulars at your restaurant? And are you supposed to like know their names and, you know, kind of chat them up a little bit? Yes.
2: Yes. There are all kinds of regulars. You need to know their names. You need to know where they like to sit. You need to know what they order. If they happen to show up without a reservation, they just decide spontaneously to come that day and you don't have their table available you need to go to the table and talk to the person the the guests who are no. sitting there. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So say, you got to at the regulars. Now not all regulars are like this, but a lot of them, they are extremely particular and I mean, they'll tell you, we spend all our money here. We want our table. We come here all the time. Get them up. <laughs>
0: well, people want a sense of belonging. Don't you think, Tracy?
2: yeah no i absolutely do they they like knowing that you're going to recognize them and you're going to give them that attention and they know that you're going to make their food exactly the way they want it
4: and it's just like that sentimental theme to this cheers sitcom you want to go where everybody knows your name (laughs) and gets the fuck out of your seat yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, everybody, author Pearl Buck said to serve is beautiful, but only if it is done with joy and a whole heart. Is it possible to be a hostess with a joyful whole heart? We'll find out when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Teeny Bopper from San Antonio, Texas. And we're back with restaurant hostess Tracy Willett. Tracy, you kick people out of their tables um to, to let the regulars sit down. How how does that go? Is that awkward?
2: No, we typically it's you walk over and very kindly and politely explain, you know, this is this person comes here every day. This is their favorite table. They love Um, Being a part of the restaurant family, and
4: yeah, but I'm an easygoing guy, and I feel like I might, especially if it was a fancy restaurant, I might kindly and politely suggest (laughs) that everybody at the restaurant go fuck themselves. So.
0: So somebody's got like so, and of course you're, you're always talking to them when they just took a bite of spaghetti and there's like yeah. pasta dripping out of their mouth, and they're right. still trying to you know twist the fork and get it in there. Or they just had a bite of salad and there's a yeah, piece and of it's
4: lettuce. Forty five dollars plate of spaghetti yeah. at, 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 and, at and her restaurant like, for Christ's sakes.
2: Yeah. And, so so usually when if the if the circumstances come to where we would need to move a table, then the table that moves. Gets complimentary round of drinks, or um, they, they, they are. Can we role play
4: this moment? Like (laughs) Paula and I, Paula and I are eating at your restaurant.
2: Okay, all right. Okay, so
0: all right. Um, So Mr. Felber, uh, are you enjoying your meal?
4: Right, so, Tracy, how about it, it's it's me and you at the table? Because Paula's going to be the hostess. She's going to be you. Oh, okay, yeah. So, you okay, you and I are having, okay. having a dinner, okay? okay.
0: Uh, Miss, m- uh, Miss, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Felber, are you enjoying your meal?
4: I just want to finish this story. Thank uh, you very much. So, anyway, <laughs> I looked at um, him and said, That's not how you treat a prostate. <laughs> um, um, uh, uh,
0: if I could just. Um, yes. If I could, yes. If I could just, what do you um, want? Uh, you know. <laughs> Miss, you see Mister Winston over there standing in the doorway in that sharp suit and chapeau. Um, yes, well, yes, I he, see him. He's a member of our restaurant family.
4: Um, oh, good, good. Yeah, um, yeah. I could. C- could you top off this drink? I'm, I'm- uh,
0: you know, in a minute, I'll do it for free. But okay. right now, what I wanted to say to you, Mr. Felber, is uh-huh. that um, uh, Mr. Winston, who you see over by the door, kind of glancing yes.
4: over this way. Oh, look, your... it's Mr. Winston. Honey, do you see Mr. Winston? Yes, that's Mr. Winston. And he I'm is. I'm asking a... my wife. Excuse me, I'm asking my wife. Tracy, yes. do you see Mr. Winston?
2: Uh. Is he the one with the... You said the chapeau. I see him. I see him. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy,
0: honey, that's Mr. Winston. And he usually sits right where you're sitting. Oh. Yeah. It's a comfy and chair. It's, yeah. Tracy, um, I think you'll find this chair over here near the kitchen so
4: much more comfortable. Wait a minute, hold on here. Are you suggesting that my wife and I leave this prime table that we've had reservations for for the last three months?
0: No, not your wife and you. Uh,
2: Are you going to pay for the whole meal? If we I was
0: gonna have just Mr. Felber move. Uh, Mr. Winston <laughs> Wait, would like to sit. It's my wife's
4: <laughs> butt that's in that chair.
0: Yes, and and that's the butt that Mr. Winston would like to sit with. So,
4: oh.
0: <laughs> Tracy, how am I doing? Am I You're anywhere doing near so what well. you would do? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a member. He's a member of our oh. restaurant family. In fact. <laughs> In fact, he's the fucked up so cousin wrong. who no one really likes to talk about.
4: Well, if he's a member of the family, I guess he gets to have dinner with my wife, huh? Show me that kitchen seat.
0: Yeah, and 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 I tell you what, we're going to give you a little
4: soufflé cup of <laughs> uh, of our
0: tiramisu to go.
4: We're going to here. Well, I feel like I've won something wonderful here. Thank you very much.
0: Here, Mr. Felber, I'll bring you over some to-go boxes, and you scrape your own food into them, and then take it out. And- well, I have
4: to say, this this new chair is a lot smaller than I usually like them to be, but uh, well, and it seems can- to be a folding chair. Um, yeah. And here's cool. We get a TV tray over here. Excuse me. Can we get a TV tray
0: for Mr. Felber? Mr. Winston's at the door oh. with his chapeau. Um, and scene. Uh,
4: Oh, that was wonderful. That oh, was just wonderful. No.
0: Tracy, let me ask you something. If somebody yes. came in to your fancy restaurant, right, uh-huh. and they yes. brought a big bowl and said, you can fill this with anything I want. <laughs> and then they took out a scale and weighed it. Would that, how would that go over in the restaurant?
2: They brought. I, mean, I need to make sure I understand. <laughs> they brought their own bowl.
4: And they said, they I can have this much, much food. Yeah. Okay. said I can have this yeah. much food
0: and then they brought a scale I said I want to weigh it I want to know how much food I'm getting would that go over you know do you
3: no. would you do that for
0: only Mr Winston or would you do it for you know Tracy felber as well, well
3: you
2: know, no we wouldn't we wouldn't do that for anyone we'd probably tell Mr Winston that the kitchen weighs everything as it's being prepared and and we will make sure it's <laughs> to the exact weight and preparation that the recipe calls for. <laughs>
4: right. But if yeah. it has to fit in a certain bowl.
2: <laughs> um I all right, we would
4: <laughs> We
2: probably we would tell that guest with the bowl that unfortunately because of Health code, we can't use their dishes that they bring from the outside. Okay, well, for real on that, we like
4: Bonnie's gonna need to to adapt a different strategy. Let me just be
0: honest with you about this it's Bonnie who we're talking about. Um, All right, uh, she writes a column in Cosmo now. Um, So,
3: has anybody?
0: Has anybody ever taken umbrage, so to speak? Has there ever been like, like, what's the worst thing that's happened to you in the role of hostess, Uh, like a you know bad, bad restaurant
4: behavior?
2: Oh, the worst thing that's ever happened. I well, roundabout the worst thing. Yeah, dish Uh, on some
4: terrible customers.
2: There are there one customer one night we were just slammed with. Um, I was the maitre d' the deck and we had probably about an hour wait and a customer just did not want to hear it did not want to wait Um, they were trying to convince me that we lost their reservation and they basically just started cursing at me and and telling me I'm this horrible human being and, and I in that moment just started crying Oh, usually I could keep it together, but I don't know. It got to me that night. And I think that's what made it the worst, because I couldn't that's I would say the biggest thing about being a host is that you just have to keep that that face on no matter what you have to keep. And what's the face? They, you know, smile. Welcome. We love having you here, no matter how, no matter how you treat me, no matter what you say to me, you know, you got to keep that that positive face on
4: huh
6: and
2: I I broke I broke character that night
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah happens to us all some night or another
2: I Um, you know what I've
0: cried working in restaurants before I swear um (laughs) It's one of, I don't think there's many jobs that bring you to tears, but there's something about restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's the the stress and everybody feeling like they should have what they get right now. Um, Yeah.
4: yeah. Hey, um, Tracy, are you bribeable? Oh, yeah. Are you? (laughs) Can I bribe you? Like, can I walk (laughs) into your restaurant and go like, hey, yeah, not for nothing, but I'd love to sit near the window over there. And, oh, look, I just dropped an $100 bill. Do you mind picking that up for me?
2: We can't. <laughs> it, it is so, so tempting, but we couldn't. We we could not take the money, especially when uh, there were times when, like I said, if the weight was huge, it would be, yeah, yeah we couldn't take it. But there were a few times when um, <laughs> when regulars would come in and they would, you'd take them to their table and they'd slip you some cash
4: (laughs) just to be nice.
2: Um, Yeah, really just to be nice. And just to say, thank you. I think they always appreciated, you know, getting their table.
4: (laughs) Well, sure. Getting
2: their, their specific table. Yeah, Um, sure.
4: Um, and man, moving me to the kitchen. Uh, but so, so you didn't take bribes and that's a good answer. Now tell me the true answer.
2: No, we really couldn't, we could not take them. I know there are restaurants where you can, but at the specific well, spots that I worked, we could not take – we couldn't take the money.
0: Well, for purposes of employment, Tracy, could you point me towards the restaurants where you can take the bribes? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, speak, so speaking of which, how much can I expect to make um, – with did a, you with a- when you got hired? Did you talk to them about or it was just a set amount of money? Did you did you did you talk
2: money with the manager when you got hired? Um when I you usually start at minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um depending on like what position you're working as the host, if you're working as the deck or the meter D, you'll make much, much more typically. And that position is um really like the boss talks to you about the image of the restaurant you're the first person that people are going to see you could be the reason that they stay or go um it's Ooh. very it's very image based as you can imagine and and that personality based well you
0: have a wonderful personality <laughs> i um i imagine That if you, she was a,
4: I gotta say, she was a little rude to the hostess about moving tables.
0: (laughs) No, she she rolled with it. She was role playing. I'm with you. (laughs) So, what about how you look? Did they tell you how to dress and stuff like that? Um,
2: It was, they don't, the people that I worked for didn't necessarily tell me specifically how to dress, but it was very, very, very obvious that. You're going for this uh, glamazon sex kitten type of look.
4: (laughs) Really? (laughs) And how was that obvious without them telling you? Well, was your manager just like, you know what I like? Glamazon sex kittens. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Anyway, how are you today? Nice outfit.
2: No, it. Here's a here's a story for you. maybe this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. But when I first started working as a host. I went through all the training and then after about two weeks of being there they put me <laughs> they put me on phones which is like it was in the basement wow. oh my
5: God. <laughs>
2: it was in the basement and we called it the hole <laughs> It was this tiny little, like, box room in the basement. I mean, it was like Milton from The Office.
4: You don't wear a little black dress, that's two weeks in the hole.
0: Boy, I, I bet you came up with this sex kitten glamazon look after that.
2: No, I I totally didn't. I, I was you at You didn't first, get it. My feelings were hurt, but then I was like, this is great. I don't have to go face-to-face with guests. I just take calls and... I can read when the phones not ringing. So I think it was, you didn't learn your lesson at
4: all. Yeah,
2: (laughs) but it is, it is. um, It's very clear that, I mean, it could be different now with the political climate and the me too movement.
4: Right. Um, Cause this must've been as much as two years ago.
2: (laughs) This was, yeah, it was definitely (laughs) two years or more, but (laughs) Okay. But yeah, I can, gar-
0: I can guarantee you it's not different. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, I, wait, I want to ask you one more question. How does a New York City restaurant make itself sought after? What What do they do to make it the in place?
2: Um, I would say a lot of it is word of mouth. A lot of it is celebrities um, going to your restaurant, and then you know it's written about in Us Weekly or whatever those whatever magazine it could be in um a lot of it is the the gorgeous people eating there and people want to be a part of that well
0: tracy i can't eat everywhere
2: (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) and it's also i think a lot of it too is like is is the food there's so many. What? Cooking no.
4: Shows Honestly. I lived in New York for a dozen years. It has nothing to do with the food.
2: <laughs> There's those foodies, you know, they love going to try all the new foods and all these yeah. cooking shows. There's a lot of celebrity chefs working at restaurants now. Too. That is true. That yeah. is
4: true. All right. Well, Tracy, I, I have to thank you so much for, for sharing this information. What we're going to do now is take what we've learned and put it through something we call the Pounce Donator, Paula. What do you now know about being a restaurant hostess, and could you do that job?
0: House band Zach Ford on the piano, you sound so great. Thank you for being here. If, if you could just give me a little bit of background music, and I will tell you what the pounce donator spit out. I think I could be a New York City restaurant hostess. Mr. De Niro, hello, welcome to the restaurant. We have your table set up for you right over here. Could I send over a Manhattan to get you started? Good thing you're not in Sherman Oaks, huh? And it's on the house, Mr. De Niro. We love having you and I love your work. Uh, What else would you like to start with? Your server will be right with you. If you need anything at all, my name is Paula. You know what, my name's Paula, even if you don't need anything. Mr. Timberlake, Ms. Beale, welcome to the restaurant, your favorite spot right by the window. Could I send over a bottle of Sauvignon to get you started? Your server will be right with you. By the way, I didn't see the Britney Spears documentary. Mr. Bono, so nice (laughs) to have you. It'll just be a few minutes. I I know, it looks like there are a lot of empty seats, but we have a long reservation list tonight. Give me a minute and I'll fit you in. While I have you here, Mr. Bono, do you have any idea how your U2 album got on the music on my iPhone? (laughs) Oh, oh, you put it there. Oh. Oh, excuse me. Tina Fey, right this way. Sarah Jessica Parker, welcome. We'll get your server right to you because we know what you're doing in the city tonight. Mr. Seinfeld. Hold on, Mr. Bono, just hold on. Maybe while you wait, you can figure out how to get that U2 album off my phone. <laughs> Excuse me. Miss Faye, Mr. Seinfeld just came in, and I was wondering if I could move you to a nicer table so I could seat him here. See how it wobbles? It's not right for you. It's so fetch. Right over here, Miss Faye. <laughs> Mr. Seinfeld, right this way. Yes, I see you, Mr. Bono. Beyonce and Jay-Z. I've been rubbing on it. I've been surfing on it. Who would you like me to move for you? De Niro, over here. Pick up your Manhattan and your Brussels sprouts and get over here. Beyonce and Jay-Z are here. I don't care. I'm going to count to three. You're not over here and you pay for that drink. If you like it, then you better put a ring. All the single ladies, all the single ladies.
4: I'm sorry, Mr. Bono, we're closed. <laughs> Tracy Willett was a restaurant hostess in New York for 12 years. She was Tony Anita Hall's roommate, one of the one of the legion. Thank you so much for being on our show, Tracy Willett. Everybody, thank
5: you. Rosie. You were great.
0: It was that a lot of fun. Wonderful. Really it. Thank you. Thank I'll you. take a table near the window. <laughs>
4: Coming up, Ireland, the land where no man can touch its sod or breathe its air without becoming better or worse. That's what George Bernard Shaw said. We'll find out what Tony Nita Hull and Bonnie Burns think about Ireland. God help us all when we return. Fun fact, Coca-Cola was the first soft drink in space, and the first hard drink was whatever was in Buzz Aldrin's hip flask. And here we are, Tony Nita Hall. We got an email from one of our Irish listeners, didn't we?
1: (laughs) We did. We did. Why are you laughing? um, what is up i don't
3: know why is she laughing
4: <laughs> I don't know. bonnie I don't you're know. bonnie you're high just keep it to yourself um yeah it's the ibuprofen know. that's this what it is that's the ibuprofen way. talking
1: there's oh. been so many antics
4: yeah the, sure, and this is this is our third segment antics. where things traditionally fall apart but we got there early this week so um we did you got an email from one of our irish listeners
1: I did. I I, I did. His name is John, and he wrote, You have a small but loyal following in Connemara in the west of Ireland. We are enjoying hearing a strange brew happening, growing ever more alarming as Paula, Adam, Bonnie, and Tony interact in the moment. Way cool. By the way, there are about 30 Thomas coins locally, and none of them could survive even a brief power cut. anyways (laughs) keep getting better as we say here the crack is mighty Schlan john i think that's how you say
4: the crack is mighty the crack is mighty what is that
1: huh oh i looked it up i googled it give me one second i lost the page it's enjoyable (laughs) social activity a good time Oh, crack. great! It's a noun. Well, the crack shouldn't be right. so
4: mighty during the pandemic, but you know, slancho, uh, John. Um, wow, Tony, thanks.
0: Yes, thank you, John. We really appreciate that. Well, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, because we've we've worked so hard at making this an internationally appealing show.
5: Yes, uh, I, don't we really if people, do.
0: I don't know I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if people noticed that. But um Oh Paula yeah, Pounds yeah. on the effort
4: um, that you put in on a weekly basis to internationalize our appeal is it's astounding.
0: Yeah. Where so what I'm trying to do is make it internationally appealing, but not locally repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fine line that I'm walking. You're
4: threading the needle.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, uh, everything I can do to make that. Yeah. So um, what? What, what, what do you? What do you know about is, Ireland, is, Paula? Is there a mighty wind
4: blowing? Wait, through? Bonnie. Is Bonnie. Somebody else. Bonnie. Wait. Is there, is some, are has you, somebody are unleashed you, the Kraken. Yeah. Do you have like Chewbacca in your apartment? I mean, like, what's going on?
3: <laughs> I'm frantically trying to find this thing that was part of my presentation. That okay, I but accidentally you're, got you're, rid of. you're
4: also frantically nose-breathing into your microphone.
3: <laughs> oh, I am? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, how do you know that's me?
4: Uh, just because <laughs> everybody else was talking. Um,
0: yeah. Um, oh. Bonnie, do you need to call your mother and have her bring something from home for you? <laughs> did, did you leave your, your poster on your bed? And now you need your mother to bring it to school. (laughs) That's what it is. All right.
4: Yeah. Well, Donnie, Bonnie, see if your mom will bring you your diorama. I was asking Paula what she knows about Ireland.
0: I know uh, nothing about Ireland. My only...
4: (laughs) Have you never been there? My only
0: even... Oh, please. No, I've never been there. Um, My... No, I'm not a big world traveler. Not that I wouldn't want to be, but I've always had this problem. What is it? Um, starts with a D, debt. Oh. Um, and so uh, I've never, you know, so I, I don't go many places other than work. Well, I got I, I
4: to tell you, Paula, it, uh, and I want to say this. If you are one of our listeners out there from Ireland, see if you can get Paula Poundstone booked in your city because I, I think Ireland and Paula Poundstone would get along together famously.
0: What I know of it is the movie The Commitments.
4: Was Do you that remember that movie? The Commitments, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember The Commitments. Yeah.
0: So um, I saw Ireland in The Commitments, and then you know, I think Christopher Plummer talking about either a beer or an antiperspirant or a uh, or a soap, and that's pretty much all I know of Ireland. That's it.
4: Well, um, that was The Commitments was a movie about a Dublin band that played American R and B hits, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that counts. <laughs> Have you ever had a bowl of Lucky Charms?
0: Yeah, but I, I'm not foolish enough to believe that that's actually in any way representative of Ireland.
4: Oh, I am, but you know what? We can we can resolve that because we figured it was time for another in our series of reports on a far off land by the team of Tony Nita Hull and Bonnie Burns. Welcome them both, Bonnie and Tony, Yay! everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you guys have been tasked with reporting on Ireland, and Paula and I just can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think
3: Paula might really enjoy Ireland. I will say this. I thought that I knew a lot about Ireland, but it turns out I don't. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but Ireland, you might think that the national symbol of Ireland is the shamrock, right? Sure. Guess what? It's the harp, and they're the only country in the world to have a musical instrument as its national
4: symbol. Wow. As an oh, my ul- gosh. As an well, ultra-crepidarian, I will tell you that I knew that.
0: Th- you know what? That's astonishing, and that's certainly worth fighting for right there, that they're the only country with an instrument as their, is their what, their symbol? their, yes, yeah, their is national Yeah, it's their
3: national, yeah. Huh. It's so lilting. Yeah. Okay, guess what? The Titanic was built in Ireland by 15,000
4: Irishmen in Belfast. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Was Leonardo DiCaprio one of those Irishmen in the movie Titanic? (laughs) (laughs) He played some sort of guy who worked on the Titanic. Didn't that movie start in Ireland or something? Oh, I think he did. Yeah, I wasn't kidding. No. Okay, I
0: don't. I I don't <laughs> think it's. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a tribute to Ireland that you know the ship that went down came from there. So they, that can't be what they brag about.
4: Yeah, we might want to skip along here. What else, Bonnie? Keep us going. These are great.
3: Yeah. Okay, the guillotine. I had always thought, you know, France guillotine. That's what I thought. It was used in Ireland before it was used in France. What did they call it? The guillotine. I don't the guillotine. know. guillotine.
4: <laughs> 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 That's a French word. Um, <laughs> I think your second answer, okay. I don't know, is no, probably they more it, accurate.
0: They called it, keep that the fuck away from me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got one of those head choppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the choppy thing. Oh, you better behave, or you're gonna get the choppy thing.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I have two more before did you I get, turn it over did to you
0: my. Did you get this from the from the Downer Book of Ireland? Yeah, these are not happy
3: Irish facts. I know it's
4: like guillotines yeah. and Titanic's. Can you bring it up a little bit, Bonnie?
3: Yeah, no, I thought these were interest. This was interesting information about Ireland. Okay, definitely. So, yeah, how no, much mess comes out of that? Get to the cancer rate. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I have two more things before I turn it over to my colleague, Tony Anita Hall. The White House, our White House, was designed by an Irishman. I didn't
0: know that.
4: And built by slaves. This is just getting happier and happier.
3: Okay. It was. Were, it was designed. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you two more facts since you said that. All right.
4: Uh huh. <laughs> the potato famine killed how many Irishmen?
3: See, I have it. Yeah. Right. Okay. The submarine was invented in Ireland. What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: How many were lost? How many were lost
3: on the first voyage?
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Here's the last one. I'm going to close on a high note.
4: This is great. Can Go you hear my no... dog
3: Moe crying? Can can you hear Moe crying?
4: <laughs> She's but crying no.
0: behind me. But, yeah. that, but she She's also never does, does that before. whenever she hears
4: Danny boy, right?
3: Here's yeah. okay. She just there's no oh,
5: snakes Danny in boy, Ireland. <laughs> I hear <laughs> the hearts calling. calling.
0: There are no snakes anywhere on this island.
4: We invented submarines.
0: And we forgot to shut the door.
4: And oh, if you need a head chopped Danny off,
0: Avoid the guillotine.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> beautiful.
5: Woo!
4: Uh.
0: Yeah, uh, that, was, that was lovely. Was there one more fact you had? There, there were no snakes in Ireland? Yeah,
3: there's no snakes in Ireland. Well, it's because of St. Patrick, right? Are no, no snakes! snakes! N- no, that's <laughs> there a myth. Are no s-
0: What? What's a myth?
3: The myth is that St. Patrick, who, by the way, wasn't even born in Ireland. He was born in Wales. (laughs) Fucking carpetbagger. Chased the snakes out of of Ireland. But that's a myth. Oh, that he
0: chased the snakes out of Ireland?
3: Yeah. Do you want to know why there's no snakes in Ireland? They can't get work.
0: There are no snakes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. I have one more. First okay. St. Patrick's Day Parade. She has one not more. Not in Ireland. What's not in Ireland? First St. Patrick's Day Parade.
4: Was not in Ireland? I'm going to guess it was in Boston. You're so close. New York. Oh! So close. <sighs>
5: now
3: First
4: St.
0: Patrick's Day Parade was in New York. And guess What? What? There were no snakes. snakes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Tony, need a um, uh, Is there anything I you don't... can do to bring your grade up on this report?
0: <laughs> I don't see how you can get any better than what Bonnie's done. This just is phenomenal.
4: Minutes. I know. I just want to kill myself. But I, I guess Bonnie has made me an honorary Irishman because now I feel suicidal.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, Adam boy. Yeah. All right, go go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. Um.
1: So I did live in. I lived in Ireland for one summer when I was no fucking pharma.
0: shit.
5: <laughs> so- okay. Now
0: Everything we talk about you lived there and you roomed with them and you did yeah. that job, you, you're goddamn ultra crepidarian. You don't know all these things, Tony. I,
4: I, I need to ask you uh, if you lived in Ireland for a summer. Rough estimate, how many roommates?
1: Um, so I was what they call a a, a woofer. So I lived with families while I worked on their farm.
0: Oh, for Christ's sake! <laughs> you worked on this, farms? That's Do you fantastic. When I, said, when I
1: wanted to have like my eat pray I love, love moment. Yeah, this was part of it. Yeah. Anyway, so I anyway. love Ireland. Uh,
0: no, I understand. Wait, what was part of you wanting to read eat pray fuck? Wh- wh- no, wh- wh- after why was that? I-
1: after I read Eat Pray Love, I uh-huh. quit my job and went backpacking and I spent a lot of time in Ireland while I was backpacking and I would live with people and help take care of
4: it's hard their to find a way out of Ireland for farms. sure. Yeah.
0: You'd yeah. live with people and help take care of their farms. Did mm-hmm. they know
1: that you were doing this? Yes. It's called woofing.
4: Ooh, it's that woofing. wee girl that lives in the trees. She comes and <laughs> takes care of her farm at night, she does. She's a woofer. We call her anyway. a woofer. <laughs>
1: Worldwide workers on organic farms.
4: That's fantastic.
1: Anyway, okay. I'll throw in so. the
0: organic thing, why don't you? Yeah. Um. make us feel bad.
1: <laughs> so I live in yeah. County Limerick. Um, Tony, anyway. did you
0: birth? Did you birth babies and then and then also work in hospice? Did you did you bring people into the world and help them out?
1: I have and volunteered then you, in hospice.
0: <laughs> I knew it. And you fed millions and and you planted trees. For, for, if you planted a tree for every roommate and job you've had, the, the, the rainforest would be replenished. That
4: Brazil would be fine.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sorry, All right. Tony. Go, uh, ahead. The, go do, ahead. Do your uh, report. Uh, do your uh, report. Uh, sorry to, uh, here we go. Sorry okay. to interrupt.
1: Um, while the average percentage of people with natural red hair is higher in Ireland than in any other place on Earth, still only 9% of Irish people have red hair.
3: Wow. That's, huh. that, only 9%
4: that. does not sound like that little. I mean, in, in any to have like three redheads in any given classroom seems, seems like a lot.
1: That's true. I guess it depends what classroom.
4: Hmm. But
0: Yeah, I would have thought it would be higher, too. Yeah, I would have thought so, too. Yeah. I mean, one thing we may have learned is that Irish people can't do percentages. That could be part of what we're learning, but I don't think so.
1: Um, 38% of Irish people masturbate more than once a week.
4: (laughs) Well, all right. So clearly you've been reading Irish Cosmo.
0: (laughs) Oh Cosmo boy. <laughs> um wow. Thirty-eight percent, huh? So when so when you work in an office and the boss throws the door open and he says, Danny, could you come in here in a minute?
4: Uh
5: that's why he gives you the minute.
4: So oh Danny boy, your pipes, your pipes, you're stroking. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! I, 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 Adam Adam Felber is going to be the editor of Irish Cosmo.
4: Oh, uh, that's so funny. You're welcome, world. All right, Tony, All right, keep my us dogs going. are
0: cl- my Good. dogs are climbing onto the treadmill. Can you hear them? They're <laughs> and I'm sitting on a chair on the treadmill. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: they, were... they, they are so tired of this show.
0: <laughs> so no, they just don't like my part of it. I think if they had heard um, the that Pipes joke, Ugh. they would be more than satisfied to be in the room with I me. Would, but now uh, they're uh, getting a little.
4: Instant career highlight for me. Tony, go on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> instant career highlight. <laughs> Um, it's a strange Irish birthday p- tradition to lift the birthday child upside down and gently tap their head on the floor the number of times as hit their age plus one. Yikes!
4: Yikes, indeed.
0: Yeah, uh, tell me there's tell me there's not a certain amount of uh, emergency room visits on birthdays.
5: <laughs> yeah. That- <laughs>
4: And
0: it just comes from growing kids and weak parents.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And thank God they abandoned that tradition after childhood. Because can you imagine some poor man going like, oh, no, I'm turning 101. I don't know if I'll live through it. <laughs> yes. So, Tony, uh, tell us some more about Ireland, the Emerald Isle. Ear. So,
1: so Irish people drink a lot of tea. They drink, on average, four Point eight three pounds of tea a year. Only the Turks drink more tea per capita than the Irish.
4: Wow! Wow! That's
1: a lot of tea. What about the British?
4: That's a good question.
1: the The, the report's not on the British. The report's on the Irish. Um. The Irish people have bought almost half a million copies of Fifty Shades of Grey, and almost one-third of Irish couples fantasize about trying out some Fifty Shades of Grey antics.
4: <laughs> one-third?
1: <laughs> one-third.
4: That's surprising.
0: Yeah. You'd think they'd be busier than that. Yeah. So, well, they fantasize about it. They haven't. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. This is really... <laughs> I, I I have to say I'm not I don't feel that I'm fleshing out a great image of Ireland here, but okay, keep <laughs> no, going. I,
4: I feel like Bonnie this told is, us all the sad stuff and Tony's going towards uh some of the odd facts the, and figures.
0: There's <laughs> the more salacious. Yeah. Let me just say that neither of them are gonna be hired to write the
3: travel brochures. <laughs> no, <laughs> no we're giving you good stuff.
4: Uh oh. Bonnie's back. Oh, very good stuff. What's up?
3: Well, okay, for one thing, I just want to share something that's kind of interesting. Uh The Irish surnames that start with Mac means son of.
0: Means son of? Son of, yeah. Yeah, And
3: the ones that start with with O means grandson of.
4: Oh, I did not know the O part.
0: Yeah. In fact, when Irish people discover something, they say
3: grandson. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some good things. Yes? Yeah. All right. They were the first country in the world to legalize gay marriage. Huh?
0: I didn't know that. Which
3: is really interesting because 88% of the population is Roman Catholic. so, So I don't really quite get that. But anyway... Um
0: again they're not good at tallying percentages. It
3: turns out it was one guy but percent of, <laughs> eighty-eight percent of Irish people are Roman Catholic. Okay. So they were the first country in no, the No, Long- you're League misinterpreting of- that. You're right.
0: thinking that if you take the population of Ireland and you put eighty eight percent uh of people in one section and then there's uh twelve percent, that you could divide them up. You're thinking But what it is, is 88% of each individual Irish person is Roman Catholic.
4: (laughs) I have to be honest with you, 12% of me is Jewish.
5: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Which
0: is why they were able... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's why they were able to be the first, uh, uh, proudly, I would hope, be the first country to uh, legalize gay marriage.
4: Absolutely.
3: Okay, and Bram Stoker, the guy that wrote Dracula?
4: Yeah, Yeah. sure. Oh! Yeah, also Samuel Beckett and James Joyce. I mean, they have a lot of great uh, writers in Ireland. Um, That's true. Do you guys have a grand finale for this report, or is this just going to be factoids? Uh, Tony does. Tony does. Tony does.
1: I do? Um,
4: I do. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, this is my signal to you that it might be time for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bring,
0: bring it home, Tony.
1: <laughs> we haven't even talked about leprechauns. Oh maybe Magora, about we haven't.
4: Tell us, step up to the mic and, and tell us and about the.
1: Do you know that there aren't any female leprechauns?
4: What? Huh? Well, no wonder they favor gay (laughs) marriage then.
0: I didn't know that. Also, I never even thought about it.
1: Yeah, there are no female leprechauns, and leprechaun means small body.
0: It means little body.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know that. Did you know that leprechauns have a troublesome cousin called the clericon? No. Yeah. There What's a are um, a mis- a mythical tr- creature that shares many characteristics with the leprechaun. These beings are always described as drunk and surly.
4: Oh.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Is that is that the big finale? And <laughs> uh,
0: there's also a uh, Seepaccon. Um, did they mention the Seepaccon? Which are, um, described as, um, <laughs> drunk, surly, and kind of <laughs> idiots. <laughs> I will... T- Wait. What? Go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say that Clericons, um are troublemakers as the night form of leprechauns. After a hard day's work, these bearded fairies get so tipsy that they become entirely different species. What does that remind you of?
0: Me? You know, it could be the Advil. They could be on
1: <laughs>
3: Advil. <laughs> no, gremlins! i <And> ibuprofen. <laughs> gremlins.
4: Oh, gremlins! Oh, gremlins. gremlins. Gremlins, oh. yes.
3: I missed that. Oh. Yeah.
4: Nice, nicely also, done. Also, blasphemy
1: yeah. is still illegal in Ireland. The end.
4: Oh, blasphemy, blasphemy. is illegal. Wow, Still that illegal. was the end. That's the Jesus end. Christ. <laughs> I, I I gotta say, you guys have done an amazing report. I mean, <laughs> hands up, but you have You're
3: amazing.
4: You failed yeah. to stick oh, the definitely. landing yet again. I mean, like you need a finale for this. <laughs> okay, you know,
3: okay, you know what? The fucking North
1: Pole had a landing that you just like walked all over. I haven't forgotten. Really? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, at least we're not holding on to resentments from long ago. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. T- Tony, do you carry those in a backpack? How do you do that? Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was spring loaded, Paula. Did you hear that? Yeah, that was amazing. That was. you, you, know, you at wa- You You walked right into that. In fact, she purposely didn't have like a big finish, hoping right. that you would reference the North Pole and kaboom. You know. I, I And the thing is, I can tell you, when the when the listeners hear this, they're all gonna go, why? Why are you guys so mean to Tony? Why are you guys so mean to Tony? Yeah. But I know. what they don't see is the um you know the how she sets it up, how she oh, lays yeah. like that game oh, like yeah. that game mouse trap, how she lays out one thing carefully after the other, the and, other just, yeah. and all of a sudden you you sprung it and there's Adam inside that little <laughs> red uh, uh, trap,
4: <laughs> which which Sad is why there's see. literally dozens of roommates out there nodding and th- saying, yep, that's why I moved out.
5: Stop it.
0: That's oh my not god, true. yeah <laughs> it's not just roommates either it's it's. It's farm owners all yeah. throughout Ireland.
4: <laughs> yeah, she's like a sister to me. I don't talk to my sister.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's farm owners and a lot of farm animals that were just caught, you know, by Tony in these, the way she lays a, a trap.
4: Well, oh... All, all character assassination aside, yes. I want to thank Bonnie and Tony for that amazing report on our new listenership in the country of Ireland. You guys thank have done you. more to internationalize our show than any of us.
0: Yeah, really. It was a wonderful job.
1: Can I say one more thing?
4: Yes. Please.
0: If, sure. you,
1: are, if you go to the Limerick Milk Market on Saturdays, make sure you pick up some jam from the Green Apron, because those are the... That's the family I used to work with, and they make amazing jam.
4: That's oh, a wow. wonderful plug. Very specific, but very wonderful. Hey, Paula Poundstone, <laughs> what's, what's going on in your Poundstone product empire this week? Well, I'll tell you one
0: thing. I'm not selling any jam. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam Poundstone Industries, a subsidiary of Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, is humming along like a finely tuned machine.
4: Of course.
0: Um, Faux Spring will be here before you know it, those warm days just before you're hit with another snowstorm. And Faux Spring is the perfect weather for my remarkably soft Tri-Poly Blend t-shirt in baseball or standard style with the self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. Get yours at PaulaPoundstone.com and click on the store tab. I'm also available to make a video message for you to a friend or loved one for an occasion, or maybe just to lift their spirits. Order at cameo.com slash 33 That's cameo.com slash 33 And of course, many people know this. I can't say more right now because of Heidi.
4: Hi Well, um, listen to our my starburn sports simulcast. If I can piggyback on you, Paula, that can be found on the Stereo app. Just uh, download the Stereo app. You can find me and Jeff Cesario calling live sporting events for free. And you know what? Adam falber has got a new book and a new podcast coming, and I'm not telling you about it this week. Just teasing you. Oh. Oh Mom, yeah. Oh yeah. Adam's teasing me. Sorry. <laughs> subscribe to this podcast it's free you'll get it every week at no charge if there is a subject or topic you'd like to know about please tell us we're at nobody listens to paula poundstone at gmail.com once again nobody listens to paula poundstone at gmail.com and that ladies and gentlemen is our show nobody listens to paula poundstone is hosted by paula poundstone and yours truly adam the Feldber. special thanks to our guest tracy willett oh you can see Yay! me anywhere tracy Yay. And thanks Great. to her she were fantastic and our house band, Zach Ford. Woo. Woo. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Ford. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie, Starburns production by Land Romo, and transcription services for the show. Provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
4: girl The pipes are calling But you can't hear them Cause things are in your ears
0: Please take them out <laughs> And try to listen carefully Your tooth will heal <laughs> From the aneurysm
4: for <laughs> oh, Tony a girl Cosmo Cosmo is calling
0: it's Irish Cosmo and Adam filber is the
5: editor
4: <laughs> oh, you will find the prostate just south of Limerick County
0: that grosses me out
5: <laughs> <laughs> Star Bands A podcast
1: <clears throat> a podcast network.